Coming up on the show today, do dirt racers have actual contracts with the team they drive for? We'll dive in and discuss that, plus get you ready for Super Dirt Week, which is going on up at Oswego Speedway in New York. Let's go. It's Monday, October 2nd. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Back over the weekend, I had a comment from someone wanting to know more uh, information about driver contracts in dirt racing. They wanted me to either point them towards a resource for that or make a show about it. And I don't know of anywhere online that has information regarding driver contracts, so I figured I'd just put together an episode with some information. I even did a quick Google search and didn't really find anything. Obviously, when we talk about driver contracts, we're referring to hired and paid drivers in the sport and not those who are hobby racers or own their own equipment. Even at the highest levels, you'll still find guys like Brent Marks or Bobby Pierce or others uh, who drive for self or family-owned teams. And I have no idea how guys like Marks or Pierce pay themselves from that, but I'm sure it's still some portion of winnings after expenses for the team are cleared. For the drivers, though, that show up with a helmet bag and seat ready to race, things are not quite as formal as you might expect and not nearly as formal as other high-level forms of motorsports, including things like NASCAR or IndyCar. I shot messages yesterday to several drivers, a team owner, and some other industry friends to find out about how prevalent contracts are and what they would look like in dirt racing. Having spent so much of my own career on the NASCAR side, even pit crew members like I was had contracts with teams. Multi-year deals, options, non-compete clauses, buyouts, all of those things were included in contracts I myself signed. And I even know of a few instances of pit crew members being traded between teams, just like you'll see in stick and ball sports. But having something on paper in dirt racing is much less common. Three different drivers or ex-drivers told me they'd never had an actual on-paper contract in their entire careers. One told me that he had driven for maybe 75 different car owners, not one paper contract. Deals were always either verbal or handshake situations. And that appears to be the norm, even with some of the bigger teams. I've been told that one very high-profile dirt lay model driver did not have a contract during a several-year run with a big-time operation that he raced for. An original conversation was had, and that was it. It certainly makes you understand why some of these teams go through drivers like water. Owners can make changes based on the way the wind blows, and it's easy with very few hoops to jump through uh, to get rid of guys. An actual contract isn't necessarily a guarantee of anything, Certainly had a few of my own in my career that weren't worth the paper they were written on. But most of these dirt racers, uh, dirt racers have very little protections in these deals. Contracts do exist, though, for some teams. It's not completely zero. There, there is a small percentage uh, that do have contracts. And I've heard it. some of the high-level sprint car teams, even some of the crew members have signed agreements. If you're a big team you know, with a big-time crew chief, you'd obviously want to you know, keep some, uh, you know, some way to keep them around, plus some protections for the future, and maybe their knowledge of setups and notebooks. And I think that whether a team has big-time corporate sponsors or not probably also plays a role in how that team is managed. You know, that sort of thing trickles down through an organization. It's going to create more formality, and there's going to be, uh, you know, probably uh, it's going to be more common for there to be contracts for not only the driver, but for some of the other employees as well. As for what drivers are being paid through these deals, a percentage of winnings is usually the most common. Something like 40 to 50% is, is you know, what is pretty much the norm. A really top guy might be able to negotiate a base plus a percentage, but that piece of the winnings is really the key in these deals. It's why for some, things like merch sales can be such a big deal. If you can move enough volume, it can keep the cash coming in even if you get into a slump behind the wheel. 
But when we talk about total winnings for these drivers, or you scroll through SprintCarRatings.com, you can get an idea of what those drivers are actually taking home. And obviously, that's before taxes and things like that. If you want to know where the uh, top Dirt Lay Model guys stand so far this year, go back and check out my Friday bonus episode where we talked to Dirt Lay Model earnings for 2023. The big thing to take away from this, though, is that the vast majority of higher dirt racers do not have actual paper for their agreements. It's a conversation, it's a handshake, and that's it. Uh, if there are other questions you have uh, about things like this, let me know via email or the comments, and we'll certainly try and get them answered. I've got a pretty good network of people in the industry that we can ask things like this of, and we can do more shows uh, if there are questions out there that you would like to get answered. Over the weekend, I sent a new edition of the slider. That's the email newsletter that I have. Uh, right now, we're uh, 2,100 uh, email subscribers at this point. A recent, epi- uh, uh, recent issues excuse me, of the slider have included pieces on the extreme outlaw midgets, scheduling dirt races in the spring, and a conversation with Sprint Car Hub's Toby Balboan about, dirt racing, uh, about being a dirt racing content creator. If you'd like to subscribe to the slider, head over to dirttracker.com slash the slider. Just pop in your email address. It's free. And if you decide you don't like it, you can unsubscribe at any time. That page at dirttracker.com also include, uh, includes links to all past slider issues as well. So you can peruse those. We're up to 16 total issues at the moment. Sometimes I send them every week. Sometimes it's every couple of weeks. Kind of just depends on when I get content. And it's not going to be every day. I'm not going to just bombard your email inbox. If you want to contribute to a future uh, edition of a slider as well, uh, as well, let me know. I'm also looking for more writers and creators uh, I don't write for it myself. I'm trying to use that to spotlight other people. So um, anything you contribute, I will pay for that I use. Uh, you can drop me a DM or an email for details about how to contribute to the slider. Uh, up in New York today, a super dirt week at Oswego officially opens up. Campers started moving in yesterday. And then today uh, is tech inspection all day, plus the charity golf tournament. We won't see cars actually on track, though, until Wednesday. As of right now, there's somewhere around 300 total cars entered across the big blocks, 358s, Sportsman, and Pro Stocks. Uh, that en- uh, entry list number could change to and evolve here over the next couple of days. Guys are not really required to pre-enter, so there could be more uh, as we go. Uh, the nearly 80 car list right now for the big blocks, absolutely stacked, includes all of the heavy hitters. Plus, Tim McCready is back to race in this uh, event again for the first time since 2018. He'll drive both a big block and a 358 this week. Among the pro stock entries, you will again find World Racing Group CEO Brian Carter. He's made scattered pro stock starts in recent years, including at Super Dirt Week and the World Short Track Championship at Charlotte. Current Super Dirt Car Series points leader Matt Shepard is the defending Super Dirt Week champion, and before that, Matt Williamson had won at two straight events. Stuart Friesen hasn't bagged the 200 lapper since 2016, but he's coming off that big Fonda 200 win just a few weeks ago with the Short Track Super Series. That was a $53,000 score, and this run of high-paying big block shows continues the week after Oswego with the 50 grand to win speed showcase at Port Royal as well. Uh, the uh, 200 lapper at Super Dirt Week pays 50 grand to win. Uh, hopefully, Friesen, though, isn't suffering any ill effects from his nasty crash at Talladega over the weekend uh, with the truck series. He climbed from his truck under his own power, but did take a trip to the local hospital to get checked out. He has since been released, though, so we'll see uh, if his status changes over the course of this week. Friesen is already locked into the 200 on Saturday thanks to a recent SDS win at Albany, Saratoga. Other guys with guaranteed starting spots into that Saturday main event include Matt Shepard, Matt Williamson, Mike Mahaney, and Andy Bacchetti. My guy Jimmy Weekneck told me, though, that even though Bacchetti is locked in, he's not expected to race. He hasn't run Super Dirt Week since it left the Syracuse Mile, so I guess Bacchetti is not a big fan of the uh, dirt down on Oswego. 
Uh, Jamie is a great source for Northeast Modified Info. You can follow him on Twitter at Club Wago. That's C-L-U-B-W-A-G-O. Uh, he'll be a good follow all week if you want to keep up with what's going on around Super Dirt Week. Super Dirt Week and its satellite events will be live on Dirt Vision all week if you want to tune in and you're not headed for the racetrack. Uh, that's it for today's daily. The streaming schedule uh, is quiet. Just the 24-7 channels rolling all day on Dervision and Flow. To see that daily streaming schedule, head over to dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. Hope you guys have a great Monday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.